Welcome to Let's Unpack That. I'm Liana. I'm Brianna. I'm Chuck. And we're your friends navigating this complicated, messy, painful, and beautiful experience of life with you through human story and connection, starting with our own. You're safe here and we see you. So, let's unpack that. Okay, so we're going to dive on in. Welcome to the Les Unpack That podcast. Say that one more time. Les Unpack That. Les Unpack That podcast. <laughs> that should definitely be a lyric in like a song. I talk about the Les. It just has a good flow. You Les Unpack That podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's unpack that podcast. We'll workshop it. It'll, it'll have right itself as we yeah, do this. Yeah, definitely. We have got joining us Stacy Harkey. Uh, that's me with my smoky voice. I don't normally sound like this, but I've yelled a lot today. So <laughs> you prepare, especially with a radio voice that was sexy and sultry. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the people agree. <laughs> um, so our big focus on this podcast is talking through our stories, and we want to hear your story. Yes crazy right yes and good thing you're like a really good storyteller ah we'll see about kind of that thing you do we'll see um so i guess just to start out talk us through you're sitting here now okay um i am yes true <laughs> how, talk to me about your journey we met at byu we were both at byu we did we actually met on um was like a mountainside during a was it a bonfire it might have been a bonfire we were just like meeting with a bunch of other people and we were telling scary stories that night. I love scary stories. Oh man, I have some freaky ones. Kind of like that massage story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a different type of scary stories, but also very, That's very true. scary. <laughs> we did. We met at BYU or we were all, I think everyone there was like BYU students. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I was very heavily, heavily LDS and excited about it. Um, let me just, let's just launch in, huh? Launch in. Dive right launch in. Launch in. Starting when we met. That day, I fell in love with a woman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, I never uh, thought it would happen. I never thought it would happen. Um, so I'm from Dallas, Texas, right? And I grew up in a pretty conservative Christian home. Uh, I'm My family's black, just for people listening. So they're like, this is just so they're not surprised by some details. But conservative Christian home, black family. My mom was the kind of person that was like, she was a teacher at some points. And she was like, if you weren't like saluting and stuff during the like pledge of allegiance she would like have an issue with that like very very patriotic family right um grew up lds and i was always by the book did everything that was asked of me and like very like hi-ho silver like i was the guy that was like listen uh i don't have time to date in high school i'm focusing on schoolwork. like that was me <laughs> the same thing but it was but later it was like oh plot twist that was an excuse <laughs> um so here we go. I'm doing my thing. I start, it's time for me to start thinking about colleges. And my parents didn't go to college. And so I was like, oh, well, I was going to go into the military. And then I got in touch with someone who was like, you're top 10 in your graduating class. You should be going to college. And that's where BYU came in. It was a cheap university. It was uh, owned by the same church I went to. And it was just like such a good fit. And I did a year at BYU. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Went on a two-year LDS mission to Brazil, loved it, speak Portuguese, like, kind of, it's like, I don't know, I just, like, loved it. And I came back from the mission, and at that point, and, and I don't know, do y'all have LDS roots, too? I do. Okay. So at that point, it's like, it's time for you to, like, multiply and replenish. <laughs> it's time for you to make little Stacy babies, <laughs> you know? Yep. And so I was like, dang it, this thing that I've kind of been avoiding for a bit, because I always knew I was, like, kind of different, and... I always assumed that this thing about me was like this thorn in my side, that this was my burden to bear. Like everyone has weaknesses and this was mine that I must overcome, you know? Did you like acknowledge like I'm attracted to men or did you like, were you even able to acknowledge that? I think it was like, I didn't, I knew I was, especially in like high school, I knew I was like different and I liked boys, but I didn't really know what it meant. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, this is clearly wrong. Right. Like, we're not even going to walk down this path of what this means. This is clearly wrong. Like, some people are kleptomaniacs and are tempted to steal. And some people are addicted to smoking and are tempted to smoke. And I just want to 
but lick a boy from ear to ear. So like, that's my cross. That's my bear. normal. That's my burden. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ah, we'll just, we'll just take care of that. And tuck that away. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I threw it in like this, like safe that was locked in the bottom of this basement of this house that was buried or something. You know I'm mean? Like it was very far tucked away. But at this point I'm having to really face sexuality in my life. Like no other, like I'm back in college. It's time for me to get married. It's what, it's what LDS people do. And I dated an amazing woman and it came to a point where I was like, this is naturally where people start to discuss like marriage and stuff. And I wasn't attracted to her like that. And I was like, man, she really deserves to feel someone who's like attracted to her. So I had the talk and I was like, it's not you, it's me. And she's like, it's cliche. And I'm like, you really don't understand how much I mean that though. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, dated another wonderful woman, same thing happened. And it was like, we were good friends and there was like all this good chemistry. We were like, like emotionally really connected. And same thing happened where I was like, I will not like experiment on a woman. At this point I had started coming out to like religious leaders. Cause I was like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I suffer from same gender attraction, that disease, you know? Yeah. Did you do that at all on your mission or you didn't even say anything? Like come out? Yeah. No, like I mean, I feel like on the mission, leaders? it's like no one was like, doing relationships anyway. So it's kind of easy just to be like, everyone's doing the mm-hmm. no relationship thing. Right. Um, yeah. So I never did, but I did come out to different religious leaders and they were like, dude, you just got to like marry a woman and it's going to like fix it. You know? Now the women that you dated, were they like blindsided or did they, when like, I broke up with them? Yeah were, yeah. were they like, we saw this coming that the breakup or me coming out the breakup? Yeah. No, they were blindsided. They were. Yeah. And I was just like, it felt like it was going good, and then I was just, like, falling out of vibes, and I was just like, well, it's not going to... I got to be attracted to her. Like, like that, that for me, was, like, something... That was, like, non-negotiable. And I'm so glad it was for me, because for some people, it's not. Mm-hmm. That could be really that tough. That was me. Yeah, and it's like, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, but then, finally, I'm like, over the course of years, I date three women, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I just can't, like... I, I just can't... I, it's not working. And so, at this point... In my life, I had like gotten to the sketch comedy group at BYU called Divine Comedy. It turned into this, like, evolved into this sketch comedy show called Studio C, which sounds like you're all familiar with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And oh, thank you. And um, it was like growing in popularity. And like, people were like walking up to me and they were like, I just want my kids to be like you. People were like, I want my daughter to marry someone like you. It was really kind of interesting. Did that pressure, like, how did that impact your psyche, recognizing that people saw you, looked up to you, wanted their kids to be like you? Was that ever a cognitive dissonance point for yeah, you? well, so there was definitely um, pressure. It was like, you're just knowing you're being watched, right, is right. like, adds a little element of pressure. And I've always been, like, big on, like, being authentic. And I'm kind of at this crossroads now where I'm like, oh, shoot. I've, like, preached this thing. I was actually... I remember teaching it in church. I was like very involved religiously. I was like, I was teaching Stake Institute, which is like a region where a bunch of like, you know, a young and single adults would come and I would like lecture them on things religious. And I was teaching in like my local ward. Like I was just like very involved and I'm like, we got to be authentic. And then I'm like, hold up. <laughs> so I get to this point where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm just like marriage isn't for me. I'm just going to like, I'm going to be single the rest of my life. I'm going to live in a monastery, grow tomatoes, do that whole monk thing. You know what I mean? (laughs) And um, I was incredibly unhappy. So sad. That is like the saddest I've ever been. And I was like, I cannot function like this anymore. And it came to a point where all of a sudden I had to like start being introspective where I was like, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, who am I? What What does this mean about me? And because of my platform with Studio C, I didn't feel like I could just like, go on a dating app and like yeah. date around. No. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. someone could screenshot that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I need to figure it out. And so I went kind of like, I like kind of receded from everyone and everything. And just kind of like, I call it my cocoon. My like chrysalis. I like went in this cocoon and I was like, let's figure Stacy out. <laughs> and I came to this, like eventually over the course of time, prayerfully, cause I'm like very religious and I like took it to like God all often where I like who I am is not a mistake. And by fighting my very nature, I'm fighting God. Because he made me who I am. And if I believe that, then like, I don't know. If I believe that like God exists and he makes us, then like God doesn't make mistakes. You know, so I'm like, I'm cool. And at this point, I had like landed on this place. I was like, I'm good. It's time for me to come out of my cocoon. And that was when it became scary. 
yeah. with the pressure. We had literally just left Studio C and started JK Studios. A huge portion of our audience were conservative Christians. And I pulled my team. I started coming out to people individually for the first time that were like religious leaders. And they were being really supportive. And I like gathered my team. And I was like, listen, we could, this could negatively impact our company. Mm-hmm. Me coming out. And they were just like, someone stopped me. And they were like, uh-uh, listen, if they don't want you, we don't want them. And I was just like, oh. And it how was, many years ago was this? This was 2018. Okay. And so I ended up coming out publicly in December of 2018, later in the year. And I dropped a Facebook post and Instagram post and I was ready for the worst of it. And I was kind of very blown away by the show of support. Like some people, there were haters, which I expected far yeah, worse, right? You're always going to get there were haters and there were people that were like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you have no idea how hard I fought to figure this out about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like pretty positive support. That's awesome. And I think it's like a privilege that I had a platform and I wanted to do it to show support, but I also feel like it put me in a place where people were like, it opened me up to more support too. It was wild. And that kind of began my journey into like my, one of my biggest platforms on authenticity, which I've like leaned in more is the concept that authenticity is a twofold process. Okay. It's like the inward process of learning who you are and taking that time to like find out who is like, Who's Liana? Who's Charlie? Who's Brown? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, who are, who am I? What do I like? And that's not, that's more than just like, I want vanilla ice cream. It's like these pressures that come from every side, regardless of your sexuality, can really influence us and maybe like mess with how we see ourselves. Anyways, the inner process of finding out who we are and the outward expression of that information. So the inward work of learning who you are and then the outward expression of that. And that for me is like authenticity. It's like, that is where you are like at your most powerful, you're like connected with yourself. And I think it's like a, a process I'm still constantly going through. That's kind of, I feel like I threw a lot at you. That's no, kind of like my that. story. Okay. I love that. I love what you were saying about authenticity because I think a lot of people think they're being authentic, but but they haven't really looked inside themselves. You have to. Fully or, done the yeah. real, or done the real work to mm-hmm. like figure out who they are and most people don't have to but when you are gay or you know or have some of these other challenges it forces you to and so if I I love that you're teaching that especially for people maybe outside of like our community if they might need something like that to be like oh wait I may not be you know am I projecting only what I've seen and felt or been told or have I really, you know, gone deep inside me mm-hmm. to figure out who am I? It's like the Disney trope of like, Dad, I don't want to play football. I want to Sing. dance in the play. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I always want to, it's always something gay. It's like, I want, yeah. to, I want to paint my toenails for fun. <laughs> like, no, Billy. But I mean, like, I think that just like applies across the board. And I think something that comes from being queer, which I love, is that we have a huge catalyst to do it. Like we we like almost don't have a choice, you know? You're like, there comes a point where you're like, like maybe you can fake elements of your life and live your whole life that way. But like when it comes to like who you love, like you can't fake that. No. And by virtue of being like shoved a little bit counterculture, a little bit outside the norm, you're almost like presented with this, like with the choices. You're like, I don't have to, you like learn. You're like, I don't have to be what other people expect me to be. And I'm like, even for myself, and I know it sounds really dumb, but that's like growing up in Texas in a conservative Christian community, being black, it's like very hyper-masculine. And it was like, I never, I was afraid people would know I liked Mumbo Number 5 growing up because they yeah. would know I was gay. And it's a and song like, about some dude. that's a long list yeah, of women. And he's, just, <laughs> he's just womanizing me. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm gay for the least, if I'm listening to pop. So coming out has been like, not just embracing my sexuality, but embracing like other aspects of me too. Like, oh man, I love like, I love baking. Well, like I like baking sourdough, one thing. I love like music. I love art. I, it's just like it's just giving me freedom to embrace other aspects of myself free of judgment. And if people like have judgment, I'm like, I've already come out. Like what 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 could be harder than that? You know, in some senses. Now, if you don't mind sharing, uh, how did your family react to you coming out? Were they oh, supportive? Snaps. Um, so when I, I came out when I was 30. To my family, which is a little bit old. I, I'm more. I'm older. Let's so go. Actually, I came out at 31. Yeah. People are like, I came out at 12, and I'm like, 
How did you even know who you were? I came out at 17. Dang. That's what I'm talking about. I was like, yeah. like dang, the, the I know. bravery. But I also right? didn't have um, religion or anything mm. like kind of keeping me in the closet. So. Oh, and your, was your family pretty cool with it? Uh, it my dad They're really, really wasn't too. very mm. cool with it. Yeah, he's very conservative. Uh, his So my more so was like a social aspect that kind of kept me in the closet a little bit. But Yeah, still heavily, have like a heavy influence, right? I listened to this podcast where this guy talked about he's a therapist, he's gay, his family was incredibly accepting of him, he's married, um, and one day his, his nephew shows up at his door, he's like a young adult, and he's like knocking on his door, and he opens the door, and it's like really late, and his nephew's in tears, and he's like, I'm gay, and he was so surprised because he was like, your whole family's so accepting, like you have me, but there's still so many pressures that can influence that, mm-hmm. be it like... Exactly. Cultural mm-hmm. and social and like, you know, communities around. How are around. my friends going to react? How are yeah. these people going to react? Yeah. So yeah, so like not to take away from that, I'm like, girl, right. you still, you still fought too. Well, yeah. I actually went back in the closet for she a little did. bit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so did. mine's a little bit different. I was out and then I was in and then since then I've been out again. That sounds so sad. With it, yeah, yeah, it was, it was hard. Mercy. So. Um, so I forgot where I was even talking oh, about. Your family. Really Sorry. Oh, family. Got no, I got, yeah. I got excited. I was like, let's talk about you. My uh, so I first came out to my little sister who's very like, she she's like super like bohemian style like just like I saw a video with your sister today so I feel like I know oh it's my older sister we spent like our entire honeymoon watching your videos my little sister's more (laughs) elusive my older sister is more like so it was your older one that was my older sister so I came out to my little sister first because we were talking and she was like I just wish someone in our I just she was like I just wish I was gay for our parents. So they could have that, and I was like, "Well, funny you mention it." Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, and then I can't. And so she was cool. My sisters were really cool. They were like, "We'll be surrogates," and I was like, "Hold, there's some Aww. things that gotta happen first, but yeah. I appreciate it." <laughs> uh, my mom is very staunch LDS, and she was like, "It was kind of a unique experience because I call her up and I'm like, and I'm not good at like bearing the lead. I was just like, Ma, I'm gay.'" <laughs> she was like, "Well, good to talk to you too." Um, but after a second, she was just like, okay, what do you want me to do with that information? And I was like, just, I didn't, wasn't expecting you to say that. Just letting you know. But she had been, she was praying earlier and she had the distinct feeling that was just like, don't worry about Stacy. I got him. He's good. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? And so I think going into that, she went in with like this religious piece of like, okay, I feel like this is, um, not for me to like insert myself on and force a certain way. And she's actually been honoring that really well. She was like, I've learned that like this journey is important for you. And at one point she, and I don't think she's changed her mind on how she feels about sexuality or anything, but she was like, I think, I think this is really important for you that you're doing this. She's like me going on dates or something. And I was like, yeah, me too, mom. That's great. Um, I asked them, I came out to my parents and I was also like, okay, I'm coming out to you, but also I'm going to marry a man. Are you okay with that? And they were like, what? Who? And I was like, no, no. And not I just right want you to now. start thinking about it. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to think this is like, no, I'm gay, but I'm like not going to do anything. I was like, no, I'm going to do the whole shebang. So buckle up. Get the plane tickets ready. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was, um, was a surprise. I came out to my dad and I was like, dad, I just wanted to call you and let you know I'm gay. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, is this a prank? Because <laughs> I prank my parents a lot. <laughs> and I was like, no, dad. Um, He's like, you're recording me. I was like, no, no I'm gay. Is this on Studio C right now? Yeah. <laughs> And he eventually just like took a second and was like, man, he's like, I just feel, he's like, I'm so sad. And I was like, why dad? And he, and this is where he surprised me. He was like, oh, I just, I just, it breaks my heart to know that you had to carry this by yourself and you couldn't like talk to us about it. And I was like really touched that he didn't yeah, make it about him, that so he was nice. like, this is about you. And, and he has had his own journey with it. My siblings have been very helpful, but. He's been like watching <laughs> after I came out. He was like watching documentaries. He watched a documentary on like Dan Reynolds and like, you know, the, that documentary. I can't remember what it's called. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. I forget too. Yeah, my dad was like, How do I how do I become a mama dragon? <laughs> like he's he's got he's become very supportive, which is really cool. I was always jealous of the people that came out and their families like, Oh, we already know. We've known since you were like five. Oh, really? Well you never have you heard that before? Yeah. I All the signs that. were there. We were waiting for you to tell us. Oh, my experience was not like that. No. It sounds like no, yours yeah, wasn't no. Yeah, no. I surprised even my sister. My, I, my older sister was so surprised, which surprised me because when I was oh, here's a TMI moment. When I was in high school, 
and didn't really know how like internet search history stuff worked. Oh jeez. She like calls me into the family room and she's like, Stacy. She's like, look at the look at the search history on the computer. And I was like, oh no. And it was just like <laughs> barely 18 boys. I was in high school. Oh my god. So just so you know, like, what the creeper? Just one more time. Okay, he was I in high school. <laughs> What's that YouTube video? I deleted the virus. <laughs> so, I was trying to delete the virus, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So uh it's like this shady like his search history of like boys, cute boys with clothes on, question mark. Like, you know what I mean? It's like really like high school search. And she's like, look, and I'm just taking it in. And like my first gut reaction, I was like, oh, it must be dads. It must be dads. <laughs> I threw my dad under the bus. Oh, no. A couple years later, I was on my LDS mission in Brazil and I came clean and I was like, hey, I just got to let you know that internet search history was not dads. It was mine. And she was like, oh, my gosh. And then she had the audacity to be surprised when I came out to her. <laughs> and I was like, but you, you saw my search history. And she was like, oh, I just thought you were like a curious teen. I thought you were just exploring. Which I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. But no, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. so, my search history is not the same, by the way. I just want to clarify. Yeah. I was in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's hope not. <laughs> For the record. So I have a question. With, yeah. uh, when you were talking about how kind of how depressed you got yeah. after your mission. Um, that sounds really similar to my brother's story. So in my family, three out of four of us are gay. Get out. Yeah. Wh- which parent do you suspect? Uh, well, neither, <laughs> which so is who's, crazy. Whose genetics are making but these cool queer kids? I think kids? maybe there's one side that plays a little bit more. And in mine, <laughs> two out of three are gay. But neither of them are, for sure. But yeah, I know we have crazy. I love that. But and my family's slacking. Yeah, only, only a third of us Come are. On, yeah. Yeah. Gay it up. Yeah, <laughs> two out of the six of us. Yeah, there are a few who are a little more fluid. I think though, so might skew. I it think a lot like, of people are more fluid than they want to. Or allowed to. Or ex- allowed ex- to. Allowed express. to explore. Yeah. Yeah. We always make the joke and ask, like, when her her last sister is going to come out of the closet. Yeah, because I only have one left. Straight. We, like, joke about it, like, come on, mm-hmm. come out with she us. Likes. The water's warm. Yeah, the water's warm <laughs> over here. Wait, so what are you saying? So my brother, the reason, so I, we grew up really LDS. I was mm. definitely, like, 100% all in. Now, where are you from? Um, I actually grew up down the street oh, from no where way. we are right now oh, in yeah. Taylorsville, um, Utah. So yeah, his, him and his struggle, I was able to find a way to disassociate. Mm. So I knew that the church teaches this one way and I trusted the leaders and everyone so fully that I knew that there's only way, one way that I could live in order to make it to the, like the celestial kingdom in the LDS church. There's kingdoms for heaven, um, you know, celestial like different, yeah. different like Costco memberships, different yeah. tiers. Yes, and so are you platinum or are you just like gold exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I wanted that platinum membership. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I knew I was like, I have to marry a man, and so that was the only thing that I even. I, I knew I had these little clues, but I would find a way to explain it away or disassociate. Mm. And I was very to- like very much a tomboy, but as a girl, it's okay to be a tomboy. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so like I played soccer. I you know, I had all those things that I could explain away too. Like other girls like that and other, you know, they're straight. But my brother, you know, he was he hung out with all girls. He liked mm. all of you know those things, and even from a young age, is he one age, of those just like flamboyant humans? He's not is he really like a gentle soul or something. But he didn't fit in with the other boys. He but yeah, said he, he did always not fit had in. girlfriends, and he always like. I always was like, I gotta toughen him up. Like, there's like a you know, like I can see. Oh, was there? Were you like also like maybe like hey, like was it coming from? I hate to say it, but like a place of concern where you're like, I had to do this for me. And you just got to like bite the bullet. Yeah. Like you're going to so have to like play the game. You had those conversations. Uh-huh. With I actually again. did. So <clears throat> when he wow. was, he was going on his mission, he was, he, he kind of like was really struggling. We could all see the struggle of him, you know, trying to decide if he should go on his mission. And, you know, I was like, go, 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 go. You have to go. Thinking and you were saving him. Thinking I was saving him. Yeah. From, you know, the other way that, you know, if he doesn't go, where he's going to go. And um, 
so he did go on a mission. He, I, we, act, I actually found out on his mission that he, he had come out to like his mission president. He had to. His dad. He didn't have to. He just felt like I need to tell mm. them before I go, so that they know that I am. Like who I am. Who I am. Oh. And if it, and it, maybe they'll tell me yes or no about oh, going. Okay. And so to his mission president, he came out. So his mission president gotcha. and the, and my dad. And but I we all knew something was going on, and so my dad kind of told me, which my brother wasn't happy that yeah. he kind was of he, got. How did he tell you? Was he like, "Hey"? Well, he he just was. Billy's got sugar in his tank. Or yeah, something. Like, you know what exactly. I mean. Like, how did he say that? He, he just. I was like, I know he's struggling. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So I kind of like gotcha. pulled it a little bit, but when my dad said that, I was like, "Oh, this is why I was made this way." You're I was like, my brother, I we're can in it together. relate. To him and oh. save him. And if I can do it, he can do and it. And if I can do it, he can do it. The reasons we jump through to validate why that, because I did a lot like that too. Yeah. There was a point where I was like, I think I'm this way because I'm to marry the women who maybe guys aren't attracted to. Yes. I like really had that mindset and I was like, what a noble takeaway. <laughs> I, am so, I am so noble. Yeah. yeah. God really does give his toughest battles to his strongest, strongest soldiers. soldiers. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so he went on his mission he came back just so depressed oh. so anxious and finally i was like what I, my church teaches that this is the way to happiness i'm like i'm seeing the opposite mm. and that's what i'm wondering with you did you ever have a moment like when you're think when you were feeling so depressed did you think okay the church teaches me that this brings, you know, ultimate happiness, what's wrong? Or did you just think, did you, or, or did that even cross your mind? I, um, I think my, my, my experiences might be a little different just because I grew up in a mixed faith home. So my dad is Baptist. Oh, okay. I got a scholarship to BYU from a Baptist church. Oh, like whoa. it was like, I was like involved. And so my dad, like my mom, very staunch LDS, my dad, was very committed to the community. He's like one of the best people I know and he like smokes. Well, no, he doesn't. He like drinks and, you know, drinks coffee and drinks tea and like dates women and has a good time. You know what I mean? So like I had this example of my dad living in a different way, but he's like a really great guy who I really respect. And if I could be half the guy, the man he was, then like I'm doing something all right. So like in my experiences, there were a lot of things in church that just didn't make sense to me and I didn't even like like the proclamation to the family. I grew up in single parent households. I was like, what do you mean the, the mom is supposed to nurture and the dad provides? Don't they do both? Yeah. So I just immediately was like, doesn't make sense. Or this concept that like, like the whole like three tiers and only you can go here. I was like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make, that seems to fall out in line with how I understand like grace and stuff. So like for me, it was moments of, it wasn't so much like I have to make it to heaven. It was just like, I was like, oh, life is kind of supposed to be like you get challenged, you're supposed to have a challenge and like how you handle it is how you get stronger. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, the the tr struggles are part of what right. helps you grow. It's like lifting weights. Yeah. It's like, and I love, mm -hmm. and I think this figures and I love a good challenge and I love growth. And I think I was treating my sexuality like that versus like this thing that I'm like, oh no, this is like, this is like a really cool thing of who I am, like a really cool venue. But this is answer, my cross to bear, yes. not this is me. But to answer your question, after a long roundabout way that I did feel like when I was at my saddest, I was like, this is not how people are to be. This is not how man should exist. This is not a state I can be in. This doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Sorry about. No, I no, love it. No, the that, storytelling was great. Yeah. That's super oh, interesting gosh. to me. I, I like hearing how people kind of, I don't know. It, it, everyone's so different with that. Cause for me yeah. seeing my brother that way, that actually made me start to deconstruct my oh, that's, kind of, that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And I would, cause I was like, even though it's working for me to an extent, like obviously I knew it wasn't fully working, but it worked. I was happy. I was married at that point, mm -hmm. um, to a man. And, How um, long? Uh, long time. when, when, my, well, when he came out, I was pregnant with my third kid wow. and, I think that, or maybe he might, he came out a little bit before that, but, um, when he, he decided to explore his sexuality, 
that was the point that I was like, please do it. Like you're not going to make it if you don't. And then all of a sudden it was crazy because I saw the light come back in him. He's happy. Uh Uh-huh. And so that to me, Mm. that was my second thing where I was like, okay, this is conflicting. I need to, before I'm pushing this belief on everyone around me, because I was, Mm -hmm. I was encouraging my brother, like, don't act on it. Yeah. I've had similar feelings. You know, you're okay. You can fight it. And I was like, before I do that, I need to know what I am supporting and what I'm doing. And so it helped, you know, it kind of initiated a deconstruction Mm -hmm. for me. But yeah, that took a while. I deconstructed it for a long time before I still was able to come out. Oh, I love that. I've used, faith has been like really integral, my religion. And that's another thing too, is like my beliefs are like a, especially now as I think about it, are like a mixture of like all these elements of like how I was raised and they're not like exactly LDS in nature. They're just like, you know, something that I've just have gravitated to. And there's a scripture that I was really important for me and it's by their fruits, you shall know them. And it's the concept that like, if you know, to know if a tree is good, you have to like taste its fruit. And if it's a bad tree, the fruit will be bad. And if it's a good tree, the fruit will be good. And so I was like, okay, so if I need to figure out if the sexuality thing of being gay is like bad or good, the only way to do it is to try it. Yeah, I love it's that. The same with like, it's the same how people teach like, you know, religion, the LDS mm-hmm. faith. It's like, how do you know the Book of Mormon is good or bad? You read it. Right. Or how do you know? Like you do it. You try it. Yeah. And um, so I went forth very like academically about it. I like took notes on my experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> you did not take I, Please girl, tell me you still have those. Listen. Yeah, yeah. do you have Are them? Are they in like your little memory notes. box? <laughs> I took no. Well, I was just very intentional but about it because I was like, "Graph it." Yeah. <laughs> did I graph? It? <laughs> or it didn't happen? <laughs> How good is this fruit? <laughs> um, <laughs> those are the names of the guys I dated. <laughs> no, I. Uh, but like that was um, for me as I came out. I was like, "Oh, this feels so much better." And then as I like started dating guys, I was like, "Holy cow, this feels amazing!" And I was like, "This fruit is so good." I always compare it to like a sliding glass door. Do you know those sliding glass doors in the back? You know, like sometimes they get off the track mm-hmm. and they're like really hard to move. But like if you pull it hard enough, it can kind of close. Make it yeah. But there's like a gap and you can't lock it. But you're like, Ugh. I feel like that's what my life was like, like dating women. I was like, it just, you know, I could force it. And it's kind of, you know, there's a draft. Yeah. But then like dating men was like the first time the glass was on the track. And I was like, this is so smooth. It just like fits so, it closes so smoothly. This is how it's supposed to be. The wind blows the wrong way and it slams open. I know, yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is like, this is amazing how smooth and easy this is. So yeah, that for isn't me it was, crazy yeah. the difference? Mm-hmm. And so to me, it was almost like sad, like how natural it was. I know. Because everyone else like, you know, it should be so natural. Like you're a girl, kissing a boy should not be strange. And that was the most unnatural thing to me. Like it was... Charles and I have talked about it. You almost felt like you were a third party, like you were watching yourself mm. in these relationships. Like I never felt like right? I was actually yeah. participating. It was like watching myself from afar. Because mm-hmm. back would, to social pressures, you know yeah. what you're supposed to do. Exactly. So you can like go through those yeah. emotions. I've seen a rom com. Mm-hmm. I know it. I remember coming back from dates with women and being like talking to roommates and being friends and being like, so when do I hold her hand? Do I, I just try to kiss her? Like I just didn't know. Yeah. And it was always like how I was compared to driving a stick shift versus an automatic. You have to be like, okay, consciously be like, and now I shift up a gear. And, exactly. and then dating men, it was like, it just happened naturally. <laughs> like, this yeah. is it just slid into mode. I have yeah. all these like weird analogies about like cars and houses. And I like, love all your me analogies. Too. I'm like, I'm I gonna use that. that. I'm gonna yeah, use those it. later. I do. I'd be like, you just like tap the gas and you're like, I'm up a gear and I didn't even do anything. You like, tapped that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is for the after hours version. Yeah. <laughs> I also took a lot of notes on that, but uh, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But yeah, it was just, it was crazy how smooth it was and how good it felt. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And something that feels that good, that's what I always told myself. There's no way it would feel this good if it was wrong. Yeah. Because it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like, I, I was very, I took it very slow and at my pace. I wasn't like, like going on dates and being like hooking up with guys. Like, let's do this now. I need to know. I would just talk to, I went, I remember one of my first dates, we just went at an ice cream shop and talked mm-hmm. and I let myself look him in the eyes Yeah, mm-hmm. and it felt so 
wholesome. It felt so good. And I was like, is this what straight people experience? I remember holding someone's hand for the first time and the way I just like warmth in my heart. And I was like, I get, like I literally, it, this sounds so stupid, but I love romantic comedies and I love chick flicks or whatever you want to call them. And I felt like for the first time I was able to relate. I was like, now I know. That, that was actually so part ironic. of her vows. That was part it was of my in vows. her vows. Get out. I literally yeah. quoted a bunch of like movie quotes. And then I said, finally after meeting her is when I realized what oh. those movies, those TV shows, those poems, everything were written about. Yeah. And why people were obsessed with love. Mm-hmm. I like didn't get it. That's kind of cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love love. I love love. <laughs> I love yeah, it too. I dig it. I know. Uh, that's cute though. I love that. That's what you thought of. I remember driving home and listening to a this love song came on that I've loved for a while and it hit me so different. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I've, I had prevented, like, it was like I was living life with like emotion and everything turned down to four because I was trying so hard not to feel like attraction. And then I was like, all systems were go. And I was feeling so much rejection stung for the first time when a girl didn't want to date me. I was like, Oh, that's too bad. Whatever. (laughs) But if like, you know, I was able to feel like rejection and feel heartbreak and then feel like, like love. And like, I was soaring on clouds. I was like, I was able just to feel everything more. It was cool. When you're dating someone, you're not truly like attracted to, I feel like you almost feel like you have the upper hand. Like I never felt like I was in a vulnerable space. Like I, like you don't want to go out again fine like I yeah really don't want to go out again gone. either mm-hmm. <laughs> but then when you're dating someone like someone that you're attracted to you feel almost like on guard mm-hmm. which... it's scary I think about falling in love and I like really like I just like love the visual aspect of like falling in love and I feel like it's like you're on this cliff edge and wind is pushing you to like jump off the cliff but everything in you is like no I could get really really hurt but something, something in you that we don't understand compel, compels you to step off that cliff and you just fall and it's terrifying and kind of exhilarating. And next thing you know, you're like not falling, you're kind of floating and it feels amazing. I mean, but that's like falling in love is like this beautiful visual to me. And like sometimes you do fall and that's the risk, right? Right. You, you take that step and it doesn't pan out and it sucks and yeah. your hearts are broken, but it's worth that floating, it's worth that, that like soft catch, you know? I don't know. I'm being all dramatic right now. No, I it's love true, it. though. It's, it's worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before you almost feel like you're, like you're, you said, playing a part. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're being authentic and you're trying and you're being vulnerable and it's so new. It's so refreshing. And even though it sucks when it doesn't work, it's like, oh, I actually can feel something yes you I think, know fully. I, oh, I love it I think of the concept of and like I talk about this a lot in my like fitness classes I'm a fitness instructor like it's like my fun job it's like my hobby job but um I always think of like a circle and this is your comfort zone and everything in this zone is not new it's old it's it's experienced there's no adventure um there's no risk there's no growth and the only way you're going to grow is to step out of your comfort zone. And if you guess that out of that comfort zone, it's uncomfortable, it's scary, it's new, you guessed right. But like that is where we grow. And that's like coming out was like that. I was like, it was like going to a new level of a game I'd been playing my whole life. And I was like, this has been here? And it was like new and I was experiencing new things and it, it was cool. You hit Rainbow Road. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you unlock the achievements and all that fun stuff. It really does make your life feel like three-dimensional though once yes. you get to that point. That's exactly how I would always describe mm. it. People would ask, I was like going from dating men to dating women was like going from 2D to 3D. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Well, I, I, and I like how you were, I like how you put that because it ties into your authenticity a lot. Like you kind of are comfortable in that mm-hmm. little circle nothing new you know? here you're not gonna get hurt you're not gonna be vulnerable it's safe it's so safe and it's so hard to get out of and it's but stagnant yeah. yeah but i think so many people even outside our community could you know really really dig into that and mm-hmm. and realize like so many people live in that circle 
so many of us mm-hmm. and we aren't willing to risk getting out of it and 100%. being authentic. Okay, so authenticity is huge for me too. It's something I care about yes. a ton. Question for you, like for anybody who's like listening, who's curious, because one of the things that's tricky with authenticity is being able to parse what you really want mm. versus what you've been told you want, yes. right? And like for me, I have a brother who's gay as well. Like we have all kind of hit on with our family stories. And I was so in denial mm. that I was one of the ones who was like, this is super wrong. Mm. Right. So yeah, like that's how we it do, didn't right? actually liberate it. Like for Chelsea, she felt like more free to like in some ways. start. Or once he started coming out. I, I can relate to your, mm-hmm. at first I did think like, this is wrong. He needs to make sure he goes on his mission. He needs to make sure he does this stuff so that he does not act on it. Right. But, well, and so the thing is I that. thought I was being authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so used to saying what I knew I had to say that I was in that space of like, I remember having conversations with my parents, lamenting that fact with them. Yeah. And now here I am. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what? Like, I just, I don't, I don't think like little Liana, Mm -hmm. little Chuck, little, little Brianna, like they got us to where we are today. We would never want to go back. Right. Right. But like by virtue of what they experienced, they have contributed to the person we are today. And like, I look back at little Stacy and I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at him for believing what he believed or for doing what he did because he did his best with what he had. And you know what? And I had some really beautiful moments back then. Mm-hmm. And I think little Stacy was, and like, yeah, I just don't, I just don't regret it. And I don't, like, I'm so glad little Liana was the way she is because you're yeah. amazing, you know? Thank you. Like, and yeah, yeah, there's like dark times that we would love to like not totally. have done. And we could probably rewrite history all we want in our heads, which will never happen. But mm-hmm. like, I'm just glad, I'm just thankful for little Liana. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Thankful for well, little that kind of ties in one of the questions that we have that we want to kind of ask everyone that comes on our podcast. You want to ask it like um, Yeah. So two questions we want to always cap off our podcast with. Mm-hmm. First one is um, looking back over your life story up until today at this point, if you had to choose one lesson that you feel like really sticks out to you, granted, I'm sure there are many, but one lesson that you would point out to listeners, what would that be? Oh, that's a that's a good one. That's a tough one. Mm, let's see. I think one thing that could contribute. To, I am okay. There's like a billion things I feel strongly about, and I have all these little things that I'm like authenticity or like self care or like all these things. But one that I love is like for me in my life. I I think one of my strengths is I'm not I'm not turned off by challenge. Like when something, when I'm bad at something, I'm like, I'm tempted to like, I want to do it more. I want to get better at it. I'm not discouraged. Uh, but for me, I think that concept comes down to being open to things. Just being like open. Like it's like that concept of Taoism where it's like you are water, you know? It's like you can be the rock that is immovable and fight to maintain that. But that isn't strength. Strength is the ability to like go with the flow. The rock stands in front of water and water flows around it. Over time, water erodes the rock and breaks it down. Not out of like anger or sure, just by virtue of the water being what it is, you know? And I think in my life, one thing that's been super, super helpful and opened me up to opportunities and friends and relationships has been just being willing to go with the flow and being open to new experiences. And not like, I'm not only going to do it if I'm with a full push, but just like trying new things. I don't know. Yeah, I love that. And then question two. If you were to talk to little Stacy, what advice would you have for her? (laughs) Little Stacy. Hmm. If I could talk to little Stacy, little insecure, scared, shy Stacy. Hmm, that's tough. I think. Let me think. Up to this moment, I think one of the, I mean, I would like to tell myself so much, right? Like, and I really like, I don't know if sound arrogant, but uh, I really like how I turned out. Yeah. I'm like, I love how you turned out. You no, know, it turned out well, but I think I would tell little Stacy, like, hey, it's going to be cool. It's like, it's going to be all right. And I think I would tell him, like, listen, who you are is like not a bad thing. 
And then I would leave that mystery and he'd be like, what? <laughs> Does he know I'm gay? What? <laughs> but I, I think I would tell, I would try to like really get little Stacy to see like, hey, like this thing that you're scared of, that you're fighting so hard or that you're like feel terrible about, like it's not a bad thing. And I, you know, I, I can't imagine, can you imagine your younger selves buying into that? Nope. Mm-mm. I always play I'd this. be like, what? What you, yeah, I'm not that. It's like this yeah. must be Satan appearing <laughs> to me as a hotter version of me in the future. <laughs> <laughs> they always portray the snake as so sexy yeah. in those yeah. gardens. That would be the reason it's I wouldn't believe it. it. I was like, yeah. no, I probably look way worse than that. Yeah. Nice yeah. try. <laughs> Coming out was great for me. My glow a up, by the way. Instructor, yeah, right. Yeah. Million percent. There's a glow <laughs> up that comes with it. Yeah. But um, I I used to play this game. Well, I still do it all the time with people where it's like with guys I'm dating like so the glass guy I dated uh he single now just people are listening and curious um <laughs> single now but the last guy I dated he uh we were in the same like church group back in 2011 or something 2010 maybe like nine anyways and I always talk about wouldn't it be interesting if like when we like bumped into each other we had a vision of us like making out in the future <laughs> Like, what would we do? Or, like, if we bumped into each other back then, we had a vision yeah. of us being gay as hell and doing a podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Like, wouldn't, like, what would you, wouldn't that this be cool? the ultimate plot twist. I would be yeah. terrified. But, like, ah, what would, would we... I would be, like... I would look at you and we our eyes would register that we both saw and we would never talk about it. <laughs> <You know. laughs> like, yeah, would you? But knows. we'd have that moment. Did you think either of you would mention it? Oh, man, I don't know. I had no idea. No, but like, if you, that like thought popped in your head and you both like kind of like, would I have mentioned it? It like, felt like that's so rave when it was like. If I'm like yeah, me, if so I'm like me right now, yeah, I would. But like you it. back then. But me back then, there's no way I couldn't even no. mention it to me. Oh yeah, facts. Yeah, facts. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I think man. my health anxiety would kick and I would call nine one one. Something's wrong. With me. I'm seeing things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a vision. <laughs> Something's wrong. It was a bad one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I'm like little Stacy would. What was couldn't be ready to see this? Like it would just like fry his little, his little closeted brain. Which is so interesting because one of the things that creates the most anxiety is inability to see the future. But it's oh. kind of a gift, right? Because if like you saw now, back like ten years ago, it would have freaked you out. Yeah, I would have thought I was such. I would have thought I was such a bad person. Yeah. I wonder if it would even make in in my case. I wonder if and maybe yours, if it would make me even stronger like a stronger You're grasp like, I on have the to fight that yeah see but to me not having religion like when you initially said it I would I was thinking I would run even faster towards that yeah if I were to see me oh interesting this hmm. okay I'm not like a huge astrology buff but what are your signs <laughs> I'm a Pisces Pisces with a Sagittarius uh, moon and a Scorpio rising oh you know all of it yeah, yeah I don't know all of it I know, I'm a Scorpio but I'm on the cusp so I'm a Libra Scorpio cusp. Mm. I'm the first day of a Leo, so I'm a Cancer Leo cusp. I'm the a first... Leo Virgo cusp. Okay. Dude, I'm a Pisces Aquarius cusp. We are okay. all cusps. We're all cusps. No I'm just curious. Maybe we found this... the key to why. Oh my <laughs> Is this why we're gay? We're all gay. This could be us. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a crazy breakthrough, though? That would be crazy. Like, we science hasn't here. thought to look at astrology. <laughs> Did you guys hear it? Let's unpack that. <laughs> I love that. I'm just curious. I don't know why. I, I, I really don't know anything about anything besides Tauruses and Leos, so. Mm, we so can my ex about. was a Taurus. Uh, my ex was a Taurus, too. Ah. Leos and Taurus did not get along. Yeah, we, we did <laughs> all pretty well, but I mean, he was stubborn. Which I respect. Same. Is that like a Taurus thing? That's a Taurus thing. Okay. I like a headstrong individual, though. I need someone who can like challenge me and like, right. I want to say put me in Because you like the challenge. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, um, I need someone to be like, Which out. sign do you feel like you don't get along with? Or... Oh, I don't even know. No? You My sister's a Scorpio. I love Scorpios. I love the intensity of Scorpios. Do you like Leos? I heard you say I love Leo. Leos. I'm yeah. a Leo. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Are there like bad signs? Is there like a Slytherin sign? It's I feel like, like Gemini's get a bad rap. Oh, oh they do. They definitely do. Flip on you all day. Crazy. Oh. What's which? What uh, birth dates is that? Do you guys know? Gemini. Or? Nikki's a Gemini. Oh, Nikki. I love Nikki. I know Nikki's, Nikki's great. I didn't say not... I don't like Gemini's. They said they get a bad rap. No. Well, she's like the exception to that rule because she's like practically. She's, she's perfect. Mary Poppins. Practically she really perfect in every way. That's cute. So 
one last question before we wrap up. Oh my gosh, did I keep you from asking all your questions? <laughs> What's that? It. No, no, no. I, I love this. I'm yeah, long winded. exactly perfect, how we want to yeah. do this. So. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you tell me to ramble, I'm like, buckle up, cowboy. No, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'd like to end with one of your analogies. Like, yeah. yeah, please, and chill all day. And in fact, extend it into like a full metaphor if you could. <laughs> Sometimes I take it too far. And I will like, love that. People are like, this has gone on too long. You need to wrap. This analogy it. just doesn't, doesn't. Do you feel like you got far. that from church a little bit? I don't know. But I, I love like, I analogies. Like, yeah, I feel like we that was like church, Sweet. church, church. Like butter, my baby. shoes were untied and I found this Did analogy just, to it. Yeah. <laughs> all I the parables. Love, yeah. I love deriving meaning from like the mundane all the time. I remember one time looking at my shelf and I was like, this is me. This unspooled thread. This oh happy gosh. sandwich. I just thought it was so fun. And then people are like, then people are like, don't do tarot cards. I'm like, it's the same thing, Wait, chill. I want to test this. How is this like you? This is me. It's a candle. Oh my gosh. And the and scent a tin can. is Honeycrisp Apple. So un- unravel this for Which us. I literally just bought at the store today. No ah. way. Okay, look at this candle. I actually, I actually am kind of weird about this stuff though. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay, do it. Okay, it's like... What is that called? The wick is like almost down to the wax. Mm-hmm. And when the wick is down to the wax, you can't burn the, the wick, right? It won't light. The only way for the wick to be lit is you have to remove wax. And I feel like sometimes life will like, there's so many cool things to do. And I'm kind of in this right now. There's like so many good things to do. And sometimes it gets a little bit much mm-hmm. to the point where like it doesn't allow you to really shine. And sometimes you got to simplify. You got to remove some of that wax. And I'm kind of in that place right now where I need to be thinking about what wax do I need to take off my plate? But it smells so good and you don't want to take any out, right? It smells so good. It smells so good. You're good. The way that (laughs) you really are. I'm effortlessly just did that. You would think that you prepared it ahead of time. Right? (laughs) I'm like weird about it, y'all. I'm like weird about it. it. I'm like, ooh. This is going to be an ongoing game. We're just going to have like analogies with Stacey. (laughs) I I, want to try to start doing it from now on. Mine are going to be horrible. They're going to be awful. Oh my God. I need it's to write them down thing. and try to master it. No, it's got to be on perfect. the fly. You yeah. cannot write. You can't pre-prep. We each have to select and just throw it at you. And Mine you just got to see what comes up. I'm going to start writing some on your TikTok videos. <laughs> yes. And I want you to see. I'm, I'm yes. Very you, you were like, you should do a series. Let me make you sure should. I find you. Dude. Oh, analogies with Stacey. Dude, yes. that would be amazing. You can oh find me gosh, easily. I'm the one that liked all of your videos. Speaking of that, Stacey has a really big tiktok following oh mercy i think uh, you looked YouTube, at it earlier check out his youtube the jk, JK studios, studios yeah um, i'm on instagram you have a bi- yeah Hockey. big instagram following thank you people love you i just we can see i just why. put out messy things i'm like a mess on social media I love and it. apparently on podcast too because dang <laughs> <laughs> i got my internet search history stories <laughs> I know it was like such innocence like like boy privates <laughs> like just like weird stuff that you're like, like what are you searching yeah it's fair oh, no but I will say I am a big believer that like anything that motivates you to be introspective will yield benefits it's so like anything if it's like if you're reading scriptures or if you're reading tarot cards or if you're whatever if it motivates you to look at yourself a little bit like just like spending more time in here, you're gonna like get some meaning out of it. Or if it's like a, a candle with a tiny wick, this one's so good. <laughs> as far as spirituality goes, I know that we kind of were wrapping it up, but I'm curious, what? How how do you feel about spirituality now? Oh, and man. and what kind of speaks to you now? So my vibe, right? Because I've alluded to like being pretty like like I I don't have a negative relationship with religion in the sense, or at least so when I came out. I felt that, okay, clearly this thing that I had been told and taught was bad. It's actually kind of cool. And it's actually kind of beautiful. And what a shame that I had been living my life with this boundary, this fence built by someone else. And it's actually like kind of problematic. And so what I did was I, as I was coming out, I was like, my goal is to find these boundaries that I have in my life, these fences that I've set for myself or have allowed someone to set for me and to test them, to either see if they need to be moved or just torn down completely or reinforced. And that was actually like really cool for me. And so I feel like taking that into like a a space of religion, I like felt like I really started parsing through my, my beliefs. I was like, had this plate full of like all this spiritual beliefs and food that I'd heaped on. And I was just like, Oh, don't want that. Throw that off the plate. Do want this. 
I love the concept of like hope and faith. I think that's beautiful. I do not like that. Love the concept of this. So I just like kind of customized my plate and my vibe is I do my thing. So I never like left the church. I never like, oh, I'm like leaving the LDS faith. I just did my thing. And if it aligned, great. And if it didn't, great. Like, it's just like, I just like live according to what I feel is right and works for me. And I try to be honest with myself about it too. I'm not like, ooh, this feels good, so it works for me. It was like, is this something that I feel is good for my life, is helping, helpful for my mental health, helps me be a better person? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that but makes sense. But you're no longer like... should do that with everything. I agree. That they, I think everyone you know, would be happier now. Like, evaluate it. Does this feel right to me? And like, mm-hmm. deep, you know, deep inside you, if you tap into that, you can. You can feel like this feels right or no this does not feel right mm-hmm. even though someone may be telling me otherwise this feels right for me and mm-hmm. that can be different for someone else yes the church the lds faith has saved my mother's life she grew up in a super troubled home and it was like so good for her and it's still so good for her and she drives a lot of meaning and it helps her be better and connected and i love that mm-hmm. um as for me i don't go to church at the LDS church. I don't go to church anymore. And that works for me. I don't subscribe to a lot of the beliefs. I feel like um, in some ways, I'm like, this is very counter intuitive or counter what I feel is like a truth. Yeah. And that helps me, like truth that help me be a better person or feel more connected or more supportive. And so I don't like subscribe to a lot of that stuff. But there are a lot of elements that I learned growing up that I think are very beautiful parts of like belief. And I, I don't like hold on to them. I love that. So you mentioned, so growing up in your household, you had in a lot of different intersectionalities with regards to how you understood hypermasculinity. Mm-hmm. How have you felt like, how have you gone about deconstructing that and like redefining what your sense of masculinity is now that I, you're sitting here? I, I was actually thinking about this because I feel, I feel like a very masculine person, right? And I don't know, like, I love, there's like the stereotypical aspect of it where it's like, I love lifting weights and I love like, I love Beef. <laughs> like ground beef is my favorite food. It's like yeah. super weird, but I'm like, give me some ground beef and we good. Uh, like I love, I, I don't know, like I love working on my car and these are like stereotypical aspects of masculinity. And I don't think those define what it means to be masculine. I think by virtue of me being and feeling masculine, like a man, that whatever I do is masculine. So I've put on, I've, I've worn dresses for events and I feel masculine in these dresses. And I think it's because I'm wearing the dress and I feel masculine. You know what I, I mean? Love that. But I feel the same way about being gay and being black where it's like, I'm by virtue of me doing it because of who I am, it's a gay thing. Yeah. And if a straight person did it, it would be a straight thing. It would, like whatever you want it to be. It's like, by, I like things don't define us. We define them. Yeah. Like we are not like to be acted upon in this nebulous game of life, like we are the people moving the pieces. And so I define, you know, what comes into my life or what I do. And I love that. I love I do that. Like, yeah. Will you say that one more time? Things don't define. How did it's you like say things it? don't define us. Yeah. Like what I do doesn't define me. I define it yeah. and the role it plays in my life. So me wearing a dress doesn't define me. I define what it means to wear a dress because I'm doing it and I'm the player. I'm the, I'm the point of power in this. You know what I mean? And some people get that twisted and they'll like impose and say, oh, you're doing this thing and that's a personal problem and they can figure it out themselves. But as for me in my house, we're going to wear dresses and feel masculine. You know what I mean? It's like we will. We will like, oh my God, I love that. I love that yeah. so much. But you're not just doing it to feel masculine or present masculine. No. That's just who you are. I feel and in I my that. bones, I feel masculine. In my right. bones, I feel gay. In my bones, I feel black. Yeah. In my bones, I feel short and I'm proud of it. You know what I mean? Like, So it's like, what I do, yeah. So by virtue of me carrying my like sense of who I am into these things, it like defines them. I don't know. I love you know that. I mean? That's no. perfect. Cool. Well, well, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. But thank you so Aww. much for sharing your story. Y'all with are so us. fun. Thanks you for having me. You seriously are the best. Stop. 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 I love like. I'm yes, so tired. I love this whole thing. So yeah, thank you. Come so back tomorrow much. if you can. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
The Let's Unpack That podcast is an ally and advocate for the LGBTQ community and is devoted to giving a voice and creating a safe space for individuals and families of the LGBTQ community. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please seek help by calling the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or by calling 911. If you are under the age of 24 and need crisis intervention or suicide prevention, please call the 24-7 Trevor Project Hotline at 1-866-488-7386. We'd love to hear your questions, stories, and ideas for episode topics. If you'd like to get a hold of the Les Unpack That podcast, please email us at lesunpackthatpodcast at gmail.com. That's les, L-E-Z, unpackthatpodcast at gmail.com. The Les Unpack That podcast is produced by Charles C. Trabert, Brianna Marganti, and Liana Manabog. The Les Unpack That theme song was written and recorded by Matthew Davies. Mixing and editing was done by Matthew Davies. Matthew Davies.